0: I have a video, but I think I'll show it at the end because maybe a couple more people will come. <clears throat> in the meantime, we will just discuss uh, what is the importance of the Ayurveda So all of us were here on the PS trip uh, because we are trying to go deeper in life, right? We're trying to inquire more uh, about spiritual reality, about spiritual knowledge. And uh, what is the reason why? Why is spiritual knowledge important? Can anyone give a suggestion? Why is <coughs> spiritual knowledge important? What do you think?
1: I <coughs> um, mean. Yeah. Why is spiritual knowledge important? Mm. It's a tough question. Why is it, is it? Why is it important for the world or personally? For you. <coughs> Well, it's important to know the higher truth it's important to be able to know who is god uh why is He there and that well not why is she there that what is it important to god and i think it's it's important to spread that message which can be done easily non humanity sometimes, sometimes.
0: very nice thank you very well. so a good answer so yeah spiritual knowledge is very important because that is the thing which is in our uh, ultimate uh, need in life, ultimate necessity, is explained that there are two types of uh, benefit in this life. One is called Shreyas and one is called Prayas. So Shreyas means the ultimate benefit, the ultimate, what is in our ultimate rational self interest. Uh, because basically everyone is living their life, trying to live a life which is the most successful for them, the most pleasing for them, and the most productive for them, right? According to what is in their self-interest. Somebody is thinking that, oh, if I become a lawyer, then I'll get it. Success in life, or if I have a big family, big house. So, so many things, right? But we, oh, everyone knows that success in the material world, we can attempt at something, but the result is not sure, right? It's like, I have a friend in Alachua, so he studied a, a medical degree. And then after working in it for a few months, he's like, ah, this is boring. So he left his degree and he's doing IT now. So you can do so many things in the material world, but as you know, that uh, they can help us, but they're not in our ultimate self-interest. They're just in our temporary self-interest. There is some temporary benefit to them. And those things are contingent. In other words, they are relative. They're based on variables which change and which are based on a specific time, place and circumstance. But there, are, there is something in life which is universally beneficial to everyone, and not only universally beneficial, but absolutely beneficial. So that is spiritual life. So actually, uh, somebody who is intelligent, somebody who, the point of the youthful age in life, explained by Prahlad Maharaj, that komaram acharet pragya, that the uh, behavior of a young person is actually to be inquiring. Pragya. Pra, pra means forward and yam means to know. So moving forward in knowledge. In other words, advancing in knowledge and dharman Bhagavataniha, but not only advancing in knowledge but what kind of knowledge he's explaining that those who are in the komara age that's one of the categories of the youth generally in english we just say like a child and then a youth and then an adult but in sanskrit they have more divisions <coughs> but what but the bhagavad dharma dharman Bhagavataniha. so bhagavad dharma is what we're following this is not hinduism The word Hinduism is literally the same word as Indianism, exactly the same word. It's just that one comes from Latin and the other one comes from Greek, but they're exactly the same word in two different languages. Interesting, no? So if you go to Spain, Italy, Latin countries, the word for Indian and Hindu is exactly the same word. So this is not an ethnic tradition. This is a universal, eternal, and uh, relevant to everyone tradition. So therefore, we know that, okay, we are young, we want to do what is in our utmost rational self-interest, which is spiritual life. So then we are, okay when we come to the conclusion that spiritual life is the most important thing, we're, sometimes we're very proud, like we have, we're in like a group of youth, and then somebody wants to show off, I'm very clever. Uh, so we're always proud of knowledge, right? There are different things people are proud of in this world, knowledge, fame, beauty, all of these things. So actually, if you want to be proud of knowledge, actually there's nothing to be proud of in this world, because everything is, is contingent anyway. If you're, just like I have a friend, uh, not a friend, it's like a senior devotee, but I'm friends with him. So he's got a degree at Harvard, extremely intelligent, but only in a specific category of knowledge. And then when they ask a question about a different topic that he doesn't have any idea. So what is this intelligence anyway? Like Albert Einstein was very intelligent, but he was also racist. So he didn't like Indians, so imagine. So, or for instance, Winston Churchill also was very, so even though he has some intelligence as a manager of a country, but still, everyone has some ignorance there. But spiritual life actually is giving the absolute knowledge. That's called Bhagavad Dharma. So that's actually the name of what we're following. So within Bhagavad Dharma, we have the goal. What is the goal of especially Bhakti Yoga? What is the goal? Bhagavad Krishna. Yeah, but what, what's another way how we generally say? What is the actual goal? More than going back to Krishna. Krishna yeah. Because in Shik- Shiksham, uh, what is it called? Shikshastakam. It says that the Janama Janama, birth after birth uh, to serve. So it's not, Lord Chaitanya is not asking that I want to go back to Godhead even. He's asking that I just want to serve birth after. So what is it, somebody said? Krishna Prema. Krishna Prema. That's an actual goal, specifically in Bhakti Yoga. Uh, Bhagavad Dharma is general Vedic uh, religion, Vedic culture. And within that you have different parts of yoga, right? But obviously we know Bhagavad Gita delineates that actually Bhakti Yoga is the topmost. That's explained. That's the whole point of the Gita is to summarize all the systems of yoga and establish bhakti yoga as the topmost. And the topmost thing in bhakti yoga is to develop prema bhakti, right? Pure devotional service to God, to Krishna. So the way that that's attained is by practicing what is called the Yuga Dharma, right? Just like you have Bhagavad Dharma. So within that you have different types of dharmas. According to Varnashram, you have your Vedic responsibilities, which means Varnashram responsibilities. So you have your four Varnas, four Ashrams, male, female roles, etc. Uh, but then, Vedic Dharma cannot be followed so perfectly in Kali Yuga. Therefore, we hear about that, Prabhupada explains about that. So we apply some of Varnashram, but not everything. Some Whatever we can apply according to time, place and circumstance. And then you have also Pancharachic system, which like deity regulated temple service, etc. Uh, But beyond that is Bhagavata Dharma. Bhagavata Dharma means directly dealing with the soul. Because Vedic Vidhi is bringing us from the lower modes into the mode of goodness. And from the mode of goodness we can go to spiritual level. But Bhakti Yoga is dealing, or Bhagavata Dharma is dealing, uh, sorry. Bhagavata Marga is dealing directly with the soul. So you know the nine processes of Bhakti, right? So that's Bhagavata Dharma. So within that there are four Yugas, right? Everyone knows about the four Yugas. Does everyone know about the four yugas? Most of you. So actually, this is not an Indian or Vedic or some kind of local concept, but this you find in world cultures. For instance, in Greek philosophy, you have also the four ages, like gold, silver, bronze, iron, something like that. So sometimes they say five, four or five, but it's still the same principle as what we have. So you have four yugas going from Satya to Traita to Dwarpara to Kali. So we're in Kali Yuga, which is the worst of all of those ages. So therefore, in Kali Yuga, it's explained that Kali Kala Era Dharma, Harinam Sankirtan. That within the Kali Yuga, the most important Dharma is Harinam Sankirtan. So what was the Dharma in the first Yuga, Satya Yuga? Someone remembers? Anyone know? Yeah? Meditation. Meditation, very good. What's the technical word used, Sanskrit word used? Someone remembers? Dhyana Yoga. Dhyana Yoga, correct, yeah. <clears throat> so that's Dhyana Yoga, later it, is, it comes to be called Ashtanga Yoga, or uh, Vivekananda sometimes calls it Raja Yoga, like that, but the proper Vedic name is Dhyana Yoga. So Dhyana Yoga is the essence of all Yuga Dharmas, because there is one verse, uh, maybe some of you know, that... um told no, Vishnu, uh, no, I can't remember, anyway... That there's two things we should do. One thing we should always do and one thing we should never do. Does anyone remember what it is? Ah, smartavyam satatom Vishnu, vismartavyam najatuchit. So that's a hint there, if you know what the word means. So what is it? Does anyone remember? Always remember Vishnu and never forget. Yeah. So that's the point of Dhyana Yoga, is that you're always 100% fully focused on God. And if you're fully focused on God in life, then at the end of your life you go back to God, Right? As the Gita explains, whatever you think of at the time of death, to that you will attain that state. So all of the other Yuga Dharmas, they're simply to facilitate this principle of always thinking of Krishna and never forgetting Krishna. That's why it's called Krishna Consciousness Movement. You may not be able to work for Krishna directly all the time, like if you're working for Ernst & Young in central London, you may not be directly working for Krishna. But you can always be thinking of Krishna while you're at work, right? Or you may be working at Krishna Avanti School, Right? <laughs> then it's a little bit easier. So not all jobs are easy to be Krishna conscious, but if you develop attachment to Krishna, then you can always be Krishna conscious. So therefore, first it was meditation, then the next uh, age it was doing uh, fire sacrifice. So that's also a common theme in all native, uh, especially non-Abrahamic uh, religions around the world. If you go to Mexico, some of us were in Mexico recently. So we heard about how they also do some types of sacrifice. Uh, So that's very important but very expensive and very difficult to do Uh, and there's not any qualified Brahmanas to do those things. Then the next age, uh, Dwarpa Yuga, then it's uh, deity worship and temple worship. So that actually original deity worship is what you see in Jagannathpuri, Sri Rangam, those are like very high level deity worship. So you require a lot of gold, a lot of opulence. Uh, pure ingredients. You can't offer French tap water in a traditional dhiti worship. It has to be completely pure, uncontaminated <coughs> water, etc. The pujas have to be 100% pure. So it's not easy nowadays. Generally, our mind wanders to so many locations, undesired locations. So dhiti worship also in this age is very, <coughs> very difficult to do perfectly. But what is it explained that? Dwapare parichayam hariketanat. So the yuga dharma is actually chanting of the holy name. So actually, if we want to be uh, living in the perfect way, then we should be very alert to what is the prime duty of life, right? That's like if you're in a business, then you should be, if you're running a business and you have many priorities to run, if you're a manager, then an intelligent manager, he knows how to adequately prioritize things which are according to the level of importance, right? So in the same way, if you want to be successful in life, simply uh, regular education or simply financial stability or simply a beautiful family life those things are important very important but they're not compared to harinaam sankhita yuga dharma they're not as important so therefore somebody who is alert to the prime duty of life you can read there's a pastime in uh, Bhagavatam 2.1 katvanga maharaj very nice Prabhupada uses this uh, these kind of phrases a lot prime duty alert etc one should be very alert to what is the prime duty of life. That is called intelligence. So therefore the intelligence means to be very serious about doing the process of Harinam Sankirtan. Because as we know the most important thing in life is to practice spiritual life. And the essence of all spiritual life is to remember Krishna. And the easiest way to remember Krishna in this age (coughs) is chanting the holy name. So why specifically do we go out on the street? I'll (coughs) round up because a couple of minutes left. But why is it very important to also share... So that's explained in um, one of the Puranas, that uh, if you chant the holy name in the form of japa, the word japa is used, then it's very good. But if you chant to share the holy name, then you get 1,000 times the benefit of doing japa. Uh, because not only the to is purified, but also the one who is hearing is purified. So therefore, actually, this is the mood of Lord Chaitanya, that although I want to be Advancing in spiritual life, we should actually try to help others advance in their spiritual life, because spiritual life is characterized by compassion, right? And compassion means to be. Although we are also suffering, generally, why do we take to spiritual life? Mainly because we're suffering, right? Like, like I went to school. I wasn't that interested in Krishna consciousness as a kid. I used to just go for prasadam, hang out with friends, do a little bit of bhajans, but I wasn't that interested. But then when I went to school, I saw my best friend. He was from an extremely rich family. His parents are the top surgeons in like a <coughs> private hospital in London. So they're multi But he was suffering like anything because his mom and dad didn't get along. So if you're a child and you see your parents fighting, it doesn't matter if your house is worth five million pounds. You're still going to suffer. <laughs> then another friend I saw, addicted to drugs. Another friend I saw, he was coming out of the closet. In other words, he realized that actually I'm attracted to men. But he was very, you know... He felt very kind of uh, embarrassed and insecure, like how what people think of him. So it affected him so much emotionally. So I saw all my friends are suffering. I said, just trying to follow them and follow their idea of happiness is a joke, you yeah? know, because they were suffering like anything. So then I thought, how to avoid suffering? So I started contemplating spiritual life. So all of us, we know that not only are we suffering in the material world, and if we're not suffering now, a lot of suffering will come when we're older. Uh, and the older you get, you realize that now. What do you think? every year you're like wow material world is not as nice as I thought it was and the mind is not as easy as I thought it was to conquer right so we also alert that other people are suffering and that is a quality which attracts Krishna's mercy Krishna is very happy if he sees that we are serious in spiritual life but he's even more impressed if he sees that we care about others just like how many does anyone have like 3-4 siblings here in this room? how many siblings do you have? Five. Yeah, wonderful. So imagine, say like you, all, all five of you went on like a day trip to like Devon or something, or maybe Devon so much, or like Brighton or something, right? Uh, and how old are your siblings? Are they older than you or younger? Younger, yeah? So this is a good example. So say you all go to Brighton, yeah? And then there's like a bomb scare in Brighton. And then everyone's like running around the city and you lose your siblings, right? So imagine, then you're like, oh no. So then you just like run to the train station and escape and you come back home. And you're the oldest sibling, right? So you're the most qualified in that sense, right? So imagine you come back home and your parents are like freaking out. There's a bomb scare. There's no telephone signal. Oh, I don't know if my kids are alive, you know? And then you come home and your parents are like, Yes, you came home. We are so worried about you. So they'll be very happy, right? But then their parents will all say, What about your other siblings? Where are they? And then you'll be like, Oh, I don't know what happened to them, you know? I just ran away and left. So they'll be happy you're back, right? But still, they'll also feel very sad, right? That you came, but you didn't bring anyone with you? You didn't try and bring them back? So that's how Krishna feels. We come back to the spiritual world, but we have many brothers and sisters we've left behind. So if you explain to your parents, yes, I tried to find them, I spent hours looking for them, I couldn't find them, then they'll understand, right? But if you said, oh, I didn't care about them, I just wanted to come home, protect myself. So both are okay, but ideally we should care about others. So Krishna wants to see, Krishna is most impressed actually when we are uh, very, very serious that I want to bring all of my brothers and sisters back to Krishna as much as possible. So this is Lord Chaitanya's mood. That's a whole lecture, Lord Chaitanya's mood. But that's the essence of Lord Chaitanya's mood, externally. His external mood, he has internal, external. So that's because Radharani herself, she's always interested in engaging others in Krishna's service. Although she's the topmost, but still she's always... in interested in bringing others to Krishna so this Harinam Sankitan is that mood that we want to actually not only act in our topmost rational self-interest which is to advance in spiritual life and become free from suffering and develop love, pure love of God but we also want to share that with others and by sharing it with others we get more taste so because of time uh, I'll just show a video is there sound um, can I just see a projector can we, can we plug sound into that? I used to have a Bluetooth speaker. Doesn't like... have use the mic. Huh? Oh, yeah, use the mic. Yeah, that's fine. Or it doesn't have a. Yeah, we can try it. Try the video. But you don't have a. X- you have X- XLR only, right? Yeah. No, yeah, we can use the mic. I should have checked that. In. Normally, I have a Bluetooth speaker when I travel, but I left it in the plane. <laughs> so annoying. should have
1: checked that? No. Well, that
0: so this is a video by a devotee called Tribunath Prabhu so some of us we know him very well so you, you're, he is actually one of the OG like uh, Pandavasena like I don't know teachers or whatever like mentors so how many trips did you do with him like two or three I think PS trips in Ishrat? Yeah. Two
1: definitely.
0: At least two, yeah. yeah. So he was, according to most gurus. Three
1: actually. Three, yeah. So, far, yeah.
0: so according to most gurus in Iskon, because we did a book for him, so I interviewed them. Many, one, like Jayadwaita Maharaj, said to me personally in New York, he said he was practicing pure devotional service. And if you listen to Tamal Krishna Maharaj, he, there's one recording, you can watch on newbie, he said he was a pure devotee, went back to God. So he was very, very powerful, powerful <coughs> disciple. <coughs> Some say the most important Prabhupada disciple in the UK. Some people say. So, this is a video of his realizations. It's very nice. About how you know. we went out every
1: day on Oxford Street and we went to full length all the way once and all the way back and sometimes down Regent Street every day. England was pouring rain. And I met a woman, I met her down in Africa and she was a Muslim. And I was quite shocked. And she was a real, you know, she had the MS you know, chase her. And when she saw me, she really lit up. And she said, When I was a young hostess, at 72, I used to come to Monster Street. And she said, You know, I used to volume people in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so shocked. I said, Really? She said, I was so fascinated because he looked so happy. She said, I never saw anything like him such people could be happy even when it was raining and it I used to just, as I was shopping, I would just walk along with it and watch. So, don't underestimate this Sankirtan. Don't neglect it. Don't think that you've got better ideas than God. Only so clearly. Don't think that we know better than Krishna. So, therefore, Krishna consciousness is dependent on only one currency. See, it's not a very difficult thing to capture. It depends on Shraddha. That strudder must be there. After all, everything else you try is a spell. That's why you're here. If you succeeded, you wouldn't be here. But so many times we find the bodies, they're suffering in the material world, and they become the bodies. And for the first months, they're jumping up and down. Maybe
0: the table. There we go. (laughs) Some (laughs) people come to religion because they're suffering in some way. They could be suffering because of ignorance, they
1: could be suffering because of family breakout, financial breakover efficiency is there, so they come, and then one of the great dangers of spiritual life is, Prabhupada said once in class, he said, the great <laughs> danger of the world of goodness is that it makes you converse, see, passion is suffering, and ignorance is death, but goodness makes us converse, we got what we have, we were suffering, then we got rid of our suffering, The two. It's not a material thing. It's not there for relieving your suffering. You haven't come here to make Krishna your servant. You haven't come here to pay Krishna's pockets. Real chanting is service. The nearby chant for his own benefit, but the modern chants for others. So, this is a very important point that if anyone becomes more advanced, he wants to give the holy name wants to give it to everyone, yeah. because He becomes a servant of the Holy Name. The Holy Name reveals itself. that this is God, and I want to give God to people. When you give someone the Holy Name, you'll be putting Krishna straight into their heart. What could be a thing? Could you think of a better thing than putting Kupumarada goes in someone's heart into just beat his heart? I remember when we got one of our arms, a butcher came out, a big lump of meat, and me. do it straight out First and, third and third. different things I and, and, and just did it and before like so we used to get the all experience we didn't have books in those so I was everything so I was thinking with that butcher we stopped outside to turn away we honestly felt that we were giving him Krishna we were giving Krishna we were giving Krishna we've become servants of the Holy Name otherwise you see If you sit in your bhajan kuja, you also enjoy
0: the name because the name is Krishna, but you won't get the real taste. See, the real higher taste is serving. Very nice. One interesting thing in the beginning of the video, he was mentioning because he, when the Tirunath Prabhu joined, (laughs) don't worry, I'll be quick it's a good story. When uh, Tarunath Prabhu joined in uh, the late 60s, uh, their main service was just doing arina. So they would go out many hours a day. And he mentioned there was a... Does anyone remember what, what lady uh, he mentioned in the beginning of the video? I don't know, could you hear the audio? Was it like... Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> you remember? No, a Muslim lady, Muslim. Yeah, Muslim lady, right? So I, had this, I made this video like ages ago, like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years ago, we interviewed Gopal. And then uh, you've seen that. Is it? I think it's in the London video, you me. But anyway, so Gopal actually told the second half of the story, which Shibuna didn't mention in that lecture, um, because basically he was going out on Hainam every day and there was this Muslim lady who used to join in, and she was really into it. But generally Muslims, they don't dance because it's like haram, you know, because it's like you shouldn't join in. You know? But sometimes they do if they get like a, you know, they get some inspiration, they get some taste. So what actually happened is he, later on, that was in the late 60s, <coughs> and 70s. In the late 90s, he was in Africa. Um, and there, does anyone know the Bhakti would players? Yeah. So they went, uh, the man is a drama troupe. So they went to Africa with him a couple of times. And they had to return to England. But they were flying, what air was it? Air Somalia. I don't know. Some like African airline. And they were like, no, the plane is cancelled and there's not another plane for another two weeks. Or maybe it wasn't cancelled, but it was full and overbooked, so they couldn't take them. So they're like, our next opening uh, is in like two weeks from now. But everyone who came to Africa from England to do this preaching tour, they couldn't, like, they had to go back to the manor. They were like, in you know, like, we need to go back now. She's like, sorry, I can't do anything to help you anymore. And then to move now, Prabhu said to no, her, please just try and see what you can do to help us. We are Hare Krishna monks. We're coming here to do the work of God, to serve God. And you should, do, it's very important for you to help us. And then the lady's like, oh, you're Hare Krishna's. She said, when I was a young lady, this was a lady working, I forget what airline, do you remember what airline? Was? God. I think it was like, huh? He said Gulf there. Did he say Gulf? Yeah, yeah, He said something like that. He said. Anyway, it wasn't, wasn't Gulf that Gopal said. It was one of the East African ones. So anyway, um, I think it was Sudan. So, anyway, this Muslim lady was like 50 years old or whatever, or 60, or whatever. So she was like, Oh, you are Hare Krishna. She said, I remember when I was an air hostess in my 20s, I used to uh, go shopping on Oxford Street because she used to fly to London regularly. And she says, I used to dance with you guys. And she says, Normally I would never do this. And she's also a Muslim, so generally they're not so into like, helping, non, especially non-Ibrahimic religion. So she was like, I remember you guys. You guys gave me so much bliss and happiness. She's like, of course, I love you guys. I'm definitely going to help you. And then she helped them and sent them back. She got them on a fly and sent them back. And then Tribunath was just sitting there and he was like laughing to himself because he realized that it was probably him, that his uh, Hainan that she used to attend (laughs) on Oxford Street because he was the main one leading the Hainan. So imagine 30, 40 years later, like 30, 20 something years later, then she still remembered them and she's like, Well, I'm definitely going to help you. I love you guys. I used to dance with you when I was a young hostess. So we don't know what effect Harinam makes, but we know from a spiritual platform that it makes a transcendental, purifying effect not only on us, but on all of the souls around us and the environment as well. So today we'll go. Let's be fired up as possible. Sometimes when you're new to maybe we become a bit nervous, a bit shy. So try to really. Uh, go from the platform of the head to the platform of the heart and sing with your heart enthusiastically, dance enthusiastically and you will get a higher taste. And uh, the last thing I want to say is that for me I was doing japa for a long time like uh, my friend he told, he told me let's chant four rounds for kartik." when I was like 16. So I wasn't really into japa but I was like okay we'll do it for a month it's not very hard like four rounds like half an hour. So I did it for a month and then at the end of the month he was like, Okay, that was nice and I was like I was like, So you're gonna continue? He's like, No, no, it was nice but I'm okay. So then I was like, I really like this, I was like, Okay, I'm gonna to go to eight. So I started chanting eight rounds. And then for a year and a half I was stuck on eight rounds. I couldn't, I was like, I should get to sixteen, but it's not easy. And then one devotee said, You should go in Harinam because Harinam actually gives you taste for not only the holy name but for everything in Krishna consciousness. So I started going on Hainam and then within like a couple of weeks I was up to 16 rounds. But otherwise I found it really hard. For a year and a half I couldn't go. But after doing Hainam, Japa became much more tasty and became much easier. Because when you give the holy name, then you get the holy name. So the more mercy you give, the more Krishna showers mercy on you. So that's another important thing. That If you want to have taste for Krishna consciousness, the best way is to share Krishna consciousness. So thank you very much. Uh, so his class was very short, like 20 minutes class, but uh, hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you got a little bit of inspiration for today. So thank you very much. Hainam, yeah. Yagya, so-